Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. I'm fired up for this one. We talk about perimeter and post-drive reads with Southern Maine Community College, national champion, associate head coach, A.J. Burton. He really paints a nice picture in this audio clip of the drive reads, the locations that he wants his players uh, on the weak side, you know, drift and corner. He talks about the eye cuts. If you got a strong side post and the locations and what they try to look for, if you're driving baseline, if you're driving middle and I know it works. They just won the national national championship. And I hope that you find this beneficial, whether you're on a four out, five out. Um, I know it will. These reads are things that we really try to break down at some of our camps. We'll go two on O. We'll we'll add a variable in there, a decision making uh, de- defender in there at times. We'll give players options, so you know, player might drive, but they get the choice. They're going to drive here. They're going to drive there, and then the player off the ball has to see where that action, that trigger is taking place, and then they'll move accordingly. You know, whether that's lifting up, drifting to the corner, whatever that type of action might be, to start to teach them the game. And then we'll do some small sided games. We'll play out of it, putting the defender in some of these situations, even if it's as small as two on two, you know, maybe you put the defender on a side or a hip or you have to make the defender, you know, take a couple steps to the right or to the left. So they have to be in somewhat of a recovery position. Then you have the player drive it. And then you're getting into, you know, one offensively, can we attack, draw the second defender and make the pass or go all the way and score defensively. You're working on helping recover, which is really good as well. And like I said, AJ does a really good job painting the picture of some of these perimeter and post drive reads in this segment. Now, the other thing I want you to know before we get to the episode is coachesedge.coach is live. It is live. Chances are you finished your month of June. You've had the chance to evaluate your basketball team. You found some positives. You found some negatives. You have a better idea of what this team's going to look like moving forward towards the winter. You're saying, okay, now I have a better idea of what we need to do as we move forward with the rest of the summer and get into the fall before basketball season starts on how we can be the best that our team can be. So coachesedge.coach has the resources to help you, to make it easier for you. And I mean, it's it's been beyond my expectations. We've had the Coach's Edge up for approximately two and a half years. The amount of resources that we have on the site are more than I would have imagined at this point. In fact, the hardest part for me is to hold back. I'm trying not to put out as much content and as many resources on the site as of late because I don't want coaches to feel like they're not they're not using it because because there are. There's just I'm full-time basketball. And then we got other coaches who are contributing to the site as well. So there's a lot of resources that we can upload that we have to try to pump the brakes on and say, you know, is this the best time to put out this zone offense series? Is this the best time to put out this program culture building? you know, PDF and to have some of the presentations and, and breakdown and really trying to figure out where coaches are depending on that point in the year and what's going to be, you know, the resource or the couple of resources that are going to give them the most bang for their buck at this point in the year. And that's a, that's a good problem to have with the, the amount of resources that we have. It, it, it goes above and beyond where I thought we were going to be at this point in time. And the exciting thing for me is I think we're just getting started. I got really high expectations. I have really high standards for our website, coachesedge.coach. I got high expectations for our contributors to the site. I have high expectations for this podcast and where I think that it's going to go. 
And it wouldn't be possible without our listeners on the podcast. It wouldn't be possible without the members to our resource site being able to give us feedback as contributors and saying, you know, what are some of these pain points that you need help with that we can continue to build and improve on moving forward? Because, I mean, you got to think back to where this started, which if, if you're new, you probably don't know. But back in 2016 or 17, I started a player development membership site, which doesn't even exist anymore. And, uh, you know, put all these drills, workout programs, tons of videos. And what I found out was like 40% of the people that bought it were varsity basketball coaches. They weren't even the players that I had designed it for. And that's when the light bulb really went on saying, man, if, if the varsity coaches want all my player development stuff, that tells me that there's a need not only in player development, but in other areas as well. So, hey, listen, I'm, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. I just have to put myself around smart people. So I, that's what I did. You know, we got the strength and conditioning coach with Drew Lehman. We got national champion, A.J. Burton, college coach there. We got Anthony Troshak, Charlevoix, just a, a hoop genius in, in his own right. And, you know, we, we've put our heads together and we've created uh, a website that, in my opinion, is is very unique because of the resources that are on the site, but also because, listen, it's it's a community. You know, we meet twice a month. It's optional for, for our coaches. You know, it's funny when we talk to our coaches and say, hey, you know, we're getting on Zoom, we're breaking down this subject, or maybe we have a guest speaker, and they'll be like, ah, you know, I need, a, I need to get on there. I haven't been on there in a while. I say, hey, no pressure, right? The, the point is not for you to consume everything at the buffet, the point is for you to take what you want from the buffet. And that's what I think the Coach's Edge is as far as the resources that are up on the site, the emails that we have with coaches, the contacts that we have during co- with coaches combined with the, the meetings that we have that happen twice every single month. And we don't expect our coaches to participate in everything. We don't expect them to you know, eat up all the resources that we have. Our hope is... Just like when you go to a buffet, you don't eat everything at the buffet. That's the beautiful thing about going to a buffet. You can go to the buffet and pick out exactly what you want. And then the person that you came to the buffet with can go to the buffet. They can pick out everything that they want. And they could be completely different things that you're eating for dinner. And that's the beauty of the Coach's Edge. I think we really provide a lot of different resources within our membership site, as well as our our meetings that happen every single month to help coaches wherever they're at, and uh, we can get better together, which is really exciting as well. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Appreciate uh, Coach Burton for taking the time, break down some of these perimeter and post-drive reads, really good stuff. Let's get to the show. Um, so let me – I'm going to share the screen with you guys. Um, and I kind of – I was talking with uh, Coach Kramer about this, and I'm going to kind of break it down in little variations. So the first one is kind of more of an introduction into explaining – our motion offense here. So as you can see with this document here in front of you, this is kind of like a little quick cheat sheet. Um, and the best way for me to kind of quickly, but yet briefly describe to you our motion offense. So as you see in front of you, um, first off, before I get into any of this, what makes us very unique about how we run our offense is we give our guys freedom on the floor. Um, but by giving them some freedom, we feel that we have to give them some principles that they need to follow. So as you see in front of you um, at the very top, these are our offensive principles that we have in our motion offense. Again, five simple concepts, but outside of that, we give them a lot of freedom and reign um, in this. So the first one that you see, advance advance of the pass um, up the court, if possible. 
I mean, that's coaches one-on-one. We all know that. Anytime you can advance it up the floor um, with a pass, always do so. Um, the second thing, once we are in the half court, we really emphasize changing sides of the floor. All right. The biggest uh, thing to that is, as you guys can see, we're trying to force the defense to shift side to side. So for us, you know, we play the 30 second shot clock. So our biggest thing is if we can get change sides of the floor two times, maybe three times, that's going to lead to us getting wide open, not only just good looks, but great looks for us in our offense. Um, third thing you guys see there, uh, post inside touches. Uh, we have a terminology in our uh, system with the guys that if we yell out red, and you guys are going to see some clips of the red touch action that we do run. Um, basically, red means immediate post feed. Um, whether it's a matchup in our favor or it's simply like, hey, we're not getting great um, rhythm and flow in our offense from the perimeter guys. Let's kind of play through our guys on the inside and then play from there, get some inside out action and then see what we get. Um, like I mentioned, number four, the good shot versus great shot. I mean, simply for us, the way we defy it is the and one or the one more pass um, that you guys probably all emphasize with your men's and women's teams. And then the last thing, as you see, uh, number five, there's always four spots on the perimeter that have to be filled. This is a non-negotiable um, in our offense. So as you see below, the wing, the corner area, so they got about, you know, about 10 feet or so to kind of play with there. Those two spots on both sides need to be filled. And then the seams, also known as what you guys might call a slot, those spots need to be filled. So again, in our offense, and you guys will see on film here and the breakdown action, um, weighing the corner areas on both sides are covered and our seams, those four spots are always filled. Um, and when we say to our guys, like if you cut or come off a screen or anything like that and you have nothing and you give the ball up, for example, you're looking to where the open vacant spot is and getting to that spot to again, have good proper spacing in our actions. Um, and speaking of actions, moving down, you see, best way for me to describe our main actions that you would see, um, down screens, flare screens, ball screens, all that plays into our read and react offense. And that's the best way to describe our offense. It's all read react based. Uh, moving along to transition, you know, point guard, ideally we prefer them to be on the right side, but there are times they will be on the left side of the floor. Our wings, all right, they're going to run wide sprint to the wing corner area with their head turned. Um, I'm sure all of you have probably watched Michigan State men's basketball team in the past, how they do a great job of running wide with their heads turned to try to quickly advance up the floor to get some quick transaction look or transition looks. The four man, he's our trail man. Um, what makes it unique about us in our offense is if you are a four man, you know, a lot of times we were told, hey, you're a four man, you're more likely an inside guy. Well, for us, you're a perimeter guy. Um, but you do have the abilities to post up when it is a matchup in your favor. Um, but the main thing that they have to do is they're the ones always taking the ball out. And they're always going to go to the opposite seam of the point guard. So if point guard goes right side, obviously they'll go down the left side, vice versa there. Our fives, all they're simply asked to do in transition is just simply rim run. Um, we had a young man for the last two years. It's unfortunate that he is no longer playing for us. Um, probably the best rim runner we've ever had since I've been at SMCC. Um, if you don't have anything after the rim run, you immediately post up on the ball side block. Um, and as you can see, I don't need to go into full detail on the skill set personnel, um, but you can see it there in front of you. And then personnel common denominators. Um, one, you know, basketball IQ. And the second one is just footwork, both from the perimeter and post footwork. Um, 
for those guys. And what's really going to help polish that is just by reps, just repping everything out. You know, we as coaches, we're also teachers. So we need to be able to teach these kids some basketball IQ things. You know, some kids might have a higher IQ than others. Well, we maybe need to simplify it for the individual that doesn't have a higher IQ compared to the one that understands everything right away. So we got to be able to balance and make sure we're kind of all on the same page here. Because again, what makes this offense unique is that we need all five guys to be in sync. Um, I mean, most of you guys probably know or heard the coach, um, Tex Winters. Uh, he is infamously known for running the triangle offense with the Chicago Bulls, uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen and them. Phil Jackson took that to LA with him, ran that with Kobe and Shaq. In a lot of ways, that's how I would kind of describe our offense. Whatever action that takes place, all other guys on the floor are kind of moving in a sequence and in sync um, on whatever action is taking place. All right, so that's kind of the quick rundown, breakdown of our four out, one in um, motion offense. This document is um, on the coach's edge, correct, uh, Steve? All right, and that's for you guys to view if you ever want to take a look at this again. The other document I want to share with you guys, and I'm not going to go all the way through this, but this is going to be our motion offense. Basically, I put it on paper. This is all through Fast Draw. It's 27 to 29 pages, I think, but it's it's a full detail breakdown of every single drill we do with our guys in our program from day one to build up our motion offense um, with our guys to hopefully by the end of the season, we're playing our best basketball like we did this past season. This is one Again, of our not, golden documents in the membership, my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it, I won't lie. This took me uh, quite a bit of time. This was my uh, COVID project in 2020. Um, took me a couple months to really get this broken down in detail. Um, so again, take some time to go through that too, to have that be for a guide as well, um, if you're trying to incorporate any of the motion action. Um, and before I get into like the main ingredients of the video breakdown stuff with you guys, you know, here's my thing, you know, how we run our offense, our motion, it's not the correct way. It's not the end all be all, you know, here's what I'm hoping for is that you leave this meeting thinking, okay, I take, I could take one, two, maybe three things that I can maybe incorporate with my team or maybe start working with them now. And then once you kind of instill those one to three things you pick up on, then you can go a little bit more in depth and add more layers and more and more and more to then where, you know, by the time maybe you're in the midst of wanting to change your offense, you know, it's going to take some time for the kids to really develop and understand this action and these principles that, you know, you're asking them to do kind of similar to what we're doing with our guys. You know, when our freshmen come in and we get started in September with preseason, we say to them right away, it's not going to be clean. It's not going to be crisp. You just got to trust the process and just every rep that we take, you got to have full understanding and attention to detail on everything we're trying to do because we start playing October, or excuse me, practice starts October 1. We have a game at the end of the month. So like we have three and a half weeks where we got to really get these guys fine-tuned to our best abilities for them to prepare to be successful. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. And they also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles with one of the largest selections of trucks in the state. They are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin are truck country. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. And I can tell you firsthand from 
purchasing a couple different vehicles from Richardson Automotive. They are all about service. Stop in and see them today. They will get you right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to you know, one saying five out. Uh, depending on the personnel, we're not afraid to play some five out too. A um, couple years ago, we we were actually more successful being a five out team um, than being your traditional four out one in. Um, the only principle we had with our five man was he could stretch out and shoot the three, but we really emphasized to him, hey, play a big triangle about 15 to 18 feet out because he really wasn't a post player for us. But we kind of gave him the freedoms to kind of play in that big triangle and then stretch it out to the three-point line if he could. Okay, four out, five out. Okay. Three out, two in, four out. Okay, so the three out, two in, you know, something that maybe you can take away from this um, is, and I'm sure you've probably seen it, uh, Coach Sorensen, is the uh, role replace action. Um, and I could talk more about that too. And if you are, if you're wanting to go into deep dive in that, I can always talk more about that with you. Um, but again, oh, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's something roll and play, roll and replace and stuff like that. That was some stuff that just based on personnel that we use this year. Okay. We, uh, and I can too, I, I'm pretty sure we got that game film from this year. We, we played a team this year. Um, we play them every year. It's a Navy prep. They're the prep school to the actual Naval Academy. So we're playing all the kids that didn't qualify to get in, uh, but they're all Division One caliber players. And I, we couldn't, for the life of us, we could never get to it, but they ran some great role replace action. Um, it just caused us fits. Um, they either got wide open threes or we would get suckered into defending the perimeter where they would get an inside look and our help side is not there to help um, from the weak side. So definitely could talk more about that with you um, and just pick your brain on that as well. All right, so let's kind of dive into the video breakdown thing. So what I'm about to show you, again, this is all going to be located on the coach's edge um, in all the video breakdown stuff. This past fall, I had my team come into the gym on a weekend, and I just filmed everything that we do in building up our entire offense. You know, and how we break this down is, again, we start on October 1st. The first few days, we really just ingrain and put our defensive concepts in. Once that is established, we then go into our motion offense buildup. And how we do it is we kind of go from two on O to three on O to four on O to then where we're going five on O. So to start off with two on O is simply the, uh, this is just a warm up drill we do with our guys. And all it's starting to really introduce to them is the timing piece on when to dive when you're ball side wing. So I need you to kind of visualize as you're seeing here, think if, if number 22, excuse me, I'll go to the next guy. If number 10 is on the wing here, all right, let's say I'm guarding him. Number 23 drives. If I take a hard stunt at him, we tell our guys that's the automatic cue, you're diving to the corner for the kick, shot, or kick, attack, looking to score there. So that's the cadence on that piece right there. Is anytime you see your guy, hard stunting, you are immediately going to dive to the corner. Again, could be a catch shot, could be a drive to the basket, as you've seen. All right, as we go through that a few times, we go into our second read off this ball side drive, which we just simply call our rise action, which is gonna be start right here. So again, now instead of diving to the corner, they're rising up. So again, now think about this. If I'm guarding number five here, all right, 
I'm sick and tired of getting beaten to the corner because I'm stunting hard. So I'm going to stay at home or even play a little bit lower um, than number five. He should know all, already that, all right, if he's playing down low, anticipating this, I'm just going to rise up. And again, the timing piece is going to be the crucial part with it. So again, as you see, they start rising up as soon as they initiate the drive to the middle. So again, we run all this action you see here. I'm not going to go all the way through it, but after a few reps on this action here, we'll switch it to the other side immediately and go right into it there. So again, this is just a simple warm-up drill that we do that just introduces our dive and rise actions off the ball if you are ball side. Moving along into this, now let's take the, put, uh, the guy that was on the wing, let's put him now on the weak side. And the drill that you're going to see here, what we do is now it's a middle drive. Again, same concept. He's still diving. And we teach our guys that, hey, anticipate that it's a hard stunt. Again, the cue is you're automatically going to dive down to the corner for a shot. Now, as you see in this drill, you're going to see in a lot of these drills, especially, we're getting multiple shots up for the most part. So as you see, the ball handler that drives middle, after he kicks it, he's just going to fill and replace where his teammate was. As you see, that, that was a freshman right there that screwed up. There's going to be a human element when you guys are trying to incorporate these kind of things to the guys. Because, again, you're trying to force them to read and react super quick. So the human element piece is always going to come out. But as you see, when the drive occurs, they're going to fill out, receive a second pass, and then get a shot there. So, again, so it's meaningful for both guys that are part of the drill that they're both getting shots up. Force them to read, react. And then once they give up the ball, we're also teaching them, like, okay, now you're going to go to the open spot on the perimeter. And again, we'll do dives out of that after a while. Like, okay, now you're going to rise. Once the rise occurs, they would obviously then go fill into the corner area where their teammates were initially diving uh, in the first part that you were seeing there. So now let's go into the next two-on-oh segment that we teach our guys. We call this action the drift-drag action. And as you see, I'll let it get set up. Okay, similar setup to how you just saw in that very last row. We got ball on one side, put our other guy on the weak side. All this simply is, is anytime there's a baseline drive, the weak side wing has to dive to the corner. But in our terminology, we call it drift drag. All right, so again, we don't want all the same concepts and terminology to be the same. We have different call outs. So this one here is a drift drag. Baseline drive occurs, drifts, drags to the corner, kicks it over for a shot, and there's a shot there, all right? Again, don't need to go into a ton of detail here. I would say the biggest learning lesson that you see out of this is most times, or most players that we have, are right-handed, correct? We don't have probably many left-handers on our team. So when we invert this, and then we put the ball on the left side to where the drift drag now is occurring from the left side, I tell our guys, throw it with your left hand might seem difficult at first and you'd be surprised like how the new guys like their eyes will open up big like you want me to throw this with my left hand my weak hand and like yes like we want you to and we'll teach them some ways to really start building that up it might involve like hey bring your right hand in just use it as a guide but after a while of them repping it out guys will start throwing left hand passes on their own and another teaching tool that we'll give our guys from time to time especially in the preseason i might get a heavy uh, medicine ball like a 10 pound medicine ball and just make those guys throw it with their left hand back and forth. 
so they can start strengthening up their weak hand as well. So they can throw with either hand. So again, that's our drift drag action that you see. The last one I'm going to show you from a two-on-no standpoint, um, I think this is one of our favorite, one of my favorite things that we do. So with our post player, we call this an eye cut series. And if you got, if you have any young men, young ladies that are inside players that can shoot. So again, this is going to be two on O, but now we're going to emphasize our post players and our perimeter guys working together. So as you see, we had a baseline drive, all right? The cue to our post player is we are going to vacate that post area to give our player with the ball here, number 22, an opportunity to potentially get a scoring look or a potential kick out to one of the perimeter teammates. By him doing this eye cut, we're hoping that his man goes with him to give more space for 22 to create something. Now, if he stays, that's a simple read where you're just going to kick it for a little eye cut. It will run this both ways. So right now you're seeing if it's a baseline drive, post players know that they're going to eye cut up to the elbow. So again, they know the drive's coming. They release out of the post to vacate it. And now we're making them a threat now from 12 to 15 feet out. So now you saw when it's a baseline drive, they're going to eye cut to the elbow. Now, well, what if they drive middle? Well, as you just saw that in that first shot, they're then going to release out to, we call it the short porch, um, but I know a lot of coaches call it the short corner, where pretty much they're going to release 12 to 15 feet out on the baseline now to get a shot there. So again, coaches, if you have a post player that has a nice soft touch, 15, 18 feet out, this is something that you can incorporate with them to kind of, you know, get them some shots to outside of the post area. Because we all know how today's game is. All, all bigs now think they're shooters. They all think they can shoot threes. Well, you can kind of put some uh, principles on them like what we do. You know, we say, okay, you can shoot. That's great. But we'll stretch you out 15, 18 feet. We won't push you out to the three unless you can really prove that you can shoot it. Um, but this is like the bread and butter with our post players. And this is something that they love to do in game action as well. Coach, do you have a way that you encourage your guys to make that pass? I mean, because just because it's, you know, it's going left, passing right, or going right, passing left, so they don't, you know, just put it right in front of the face of wherever that defender is? Yeah, so a lot of times, too, it's actually a great question. So in that sequence, you probably saw, like, there's a mixture of bounce passes and some, like, you know, over the head, you know, kind of those actions. We tell the guys, mix it up. Try to have them simulate like, okay, maybe throw a bounce pass this time, but your next time through, maybe you are trying to throw it like a little over the top, like a little hook pass, or maybe you're jump stopping, you know, you're going to be like a Jay Wright player at Villanova, jump, land on two feet and then make the pass from that point forward. So we tell the guys always switch it up on that sequence there. And sometimes we say to the guys too, it's like, hey, every now and then it's okay to not throw a clean pass because again, we're never going to throw clean passes every single pass that we make in a game. So we're kind of forcing them to also make game adjustments as well um, to certain passes. So now we're going to lead into just our down screen, off-ball screen, actually, you're going to see here. Thank you for listening to this episode. The drive reads are big. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the drive reads are big. So much of basketball now is about spacing. Spacing, and then you have this action, or you have these triggers that happen out on the court, and then what are 
the options that we have, the reads that we have, and the locations that we have to maintain our space to be most effective wherever it is that we're catching the basketball, whether that's be able to to drive it, kick it, you know, swing it, drive it, kick it, swing it, drive it, kick it, swing it, bucket. It's a beautiful game. It's a beautiful game. But so to teach our players some of the locations that we want them in, you know, if you're running like four out, for example, it might be corners, corners, wings, wings, seams, seams, right? So you got some different options there. And you talk about your inside player, whether they're playing at the blocks, whether they're playing at the high post, bringing them up and out. So you're getting into ball screen actions. You're getting into uh, some five out type movements as well. But the point is, whatever we're running, a lot of it does come back to spacing. We, we need space in this game to be able to attack defense, to create long closeouts, to have enough space that we, we can light it up if we, if we have the room. And if we can get by our defensive player, there's a long ways for that defensive player and the help side to recover all really good things. And I think, you know, we, we scratched the surface of that in this, in this episode. If you're curious about coachesedge.coach, reach out, C-O-A-C-H-S-E-D-G-E dot coach. You can become a member. You can email me, contact at kramerbasketball.com. I'd be happy to meet with you on Zoom, walk you through the back end of the site, and share you a little bit of what we got moving forward as well. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you. Have a great summer.